0: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get
1: it on!
2: Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the show. Mike Sempervivi here with you. The mothership edition of Wrestling Observer Live. Riding solo today. Bossman man Brian Alvarez is off, but that's okay. There's it leaves plenty more time for you and I. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. 1-800-878-PLAY, 7529. On Twitter, I am at Sempervivi. Brian with a Y. Brian Alvarez, if you want Brian. And the Wrestling Observer Figure 4 website is at WONF4W. At your main source for all the breaking news in professional wrestling and mixed martial arts, WrestlingObserver.com. We're at the close of what's been a really busy weekend. Not so much for WWE, because their main news is they're touring the Pacific. But it seemed like everybody else had some big doings going on. The crown jewel of the weekend was Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, which is... The biggest actual boxing match of the year. Obviously, there was Mayweather and Connor, but this was this was the boxing match. And in boxing fashion, we got a completely just completely comedically. It's a new word now, okay? Completely bad score. That's probably in all likelihood going to lead to like you know an even bigger rematch because you know that's how it works. The fight itself was actually pretty good. But there was a whole lot of other stuff that was taking place as well, too. CMLL's Anniversario show, which had two mask versus mask matches. And I thought over-delivered compared to what we were expecting here. There was the New Japan shows that took place, including the one on New Japan World. Tanahashi and Sabre, Kushida and Desperado. Los Ingobernables and Chaos. There was a UFC fight night in Pittsburgh. Luke Rockhold is back. Got a wacky promo. Got another UFC coming up at the end of the week, which has gone through car changes in Japan. Got Raw tomorrow night. Smackdown the night after that. Just like never ever stops. We'll get to all of this stuff and more when we hear from you. one 800 878 play one 800 878 We'll get all of this stuff started when we get back. I'm Mike Sumber Wrestling Observer Live.
4: For many businesses, hiring is tough, which makes it critical to choose the right place to post your jobs. You need qualified candidates, fast and on budget, and you don't want to sign a long-term contract or pay upfront fees. That's why you need Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. Independent research shows Indeed delivers six times more hires than any other job site. You can post a job in minutes and even set up screener questions to help you zero in on qualified candidates. You can review applicants, take notes, and schedule interviews, all from an easy-to-use online dashboard. For a limited time, Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to make their first job listing a sponsored job with premium visibility so more candidates will see it. You want to make a great hire fast, and this exclusive offer gives you a head start. Find out why over 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. To redeem this offer, go to Indeed.com slash radio. That's Indeed.com slash radio. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we go to the scorecards after 12 rounds of boxing. Adelaide Bird scores it 118 to 110 for Canello. Dave Moretti
1: scores it 115, 113 for Triple G.
3: And Gonzalo scores it. 114, 114, a three way split. This is officially a draw.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: just played Prince right there he came back to life last night and then fell over dead again when he heard the results of that fight the middleweight championship of the world the three main alphabet titles here in America the WBA WBC and IBF belts in fact the WBC even got a special belt all made up for this one it wasn't like a 100-year-old crocodile or whatever it was when it came to the uh, the alligator or whatever for the Mayweather and uh, Hatton fight. But, no, Hatton fight and the Mayweather and Connor fight. The ring world title was on the line. The actual lineal 160-pound championship of the world, which stretches back to God knows who. Marquise of Queensberry rules, late 1800s. Barney Ross, I don't even know the, who's the... The first great middleweight champion. I'm not even sure who it was. It stretches back to then. Canelo had that belt. Golovkin had the other ones. Man, thank God boxing is back. You know, after that farce of, of Mayweather and, and Conor McGregor. You know, there were all the, the boxing people that said, we don't want anything to do with that. Get that out of here. It's not boxing. We're boxing you know you go and you schedule that and you you try to take the attention away from from Mexican Independence Day weekend you try to take the attention away from Golden Boy promotions and this fight that we've been waiting for for years you try to overshadow that with that 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 joke that farce that that disaster that is Floyd Mayweather and, and Conor McGregor you know, we need to get boxing back in here and show people what boxing is all about. And they did last night with Golovkin and Canelo, because it was the best of boxing and the worst of boxing. Best of boxing in 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 the fact that it was a great fight. It was a fun fight. It was a an exciting fight. I don't, you know, there were times where, you know, dudes were taken off balance by punches, but nobody was was in the the harm of being laid out and eviscerated or anything like that. Just a fun back and forth, pugilistic chess, and there were a zillion ways to score that fight. I actually did. I. Will admit that I actually gave a 10 10 6 around. And ultimately, I had Triple G winning by one point 115, 114. Didn't give him that six. And I think I was, if I recall correctly, I was leaning towards Triple G. I guess if I had to, to give somebody around, so I would have still had Triple G up too. But if you want to look at it that way, where if I want to give that point to Canelo, it's a draw. As that one judge had. Is it was a Don Trella. He added a draw. I think that's that's not a horrible decision. I kind of sit back and I think it's like, man. I think you know, I if I think about it, well, Golovkin won the fight, but these are how, this is how boxing works. It's how it works with with an even number of rounds sometimes. Then you got the other scores: triple G, 115, 113, made complete sense. Then there was Adelaide Bird. 118-110 Ha! Amazing. 118 to 110. She gave two rounds. Two to Triple G. It it's I don't want to say it's unconscionable because, you know, Come on now, let's not be too dramatic, but my God. And she's known for him. I mean, it's not like this. I mean, she gave Miguel Cotto, okay? She gave Miguel Cotto one round against Austin Trout. Trout won that fight. She gave one round to Austin Trout. She had Diego Maldonado winning, I think it was 10 rounds against Nenito Donaire. The reason that that's notable it was uh, because it was a controversial decision that was on the undercard of the Pacquiao-Vargas fight. A fight the top rank had asked her not be a part of. which they were fine with, but they her in there for that undercard fight. And, and that was something that, that Carl Moretti uh, of Top Rank has talked about. And you're seeing out there today uh, an interview from him with Boxing Scene from last November where he talks uh, about Adelaide Bird, and this is the quote that's out there a lot in 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 reference to a negotiation or a discussion with Bob Bennett over Bird, and it goes like this: "quote We respectfully requested that Adelaide Bird not be assigned to this fight. This fight meaning Vasyl Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters." Goes on to say. From there, it went to a conversation with nevada state athletic uh, Nevada State Athletic Commissioner Executive Director Bob Bennett about how she's a good judge and how some judges can have good nights and have bad nights, but when she has bad nights, she seems to be too far away from the score. Bob defended her left and right; he didn't want to listen to our objection unquote. The thing I liked even more was what followed that quote, which isn't out there that much, but if you if you go to the article. Um is right there. And it goes, the whole process feels kind of like a joke because the Nevada Commission sends out lists of officials and asks you to object to them. Then when you object to them, you have to provide written documentation as to why. And when I did provide documentation of several scores she was off on and fights she was off on, he rejected that. So I said, well, then what's the point of going through this whole process and wasting everybody's time? If you ask for it, what's the point? If you ask for written documentation and don't want to read what's in front of you or you don't want to believe it, what is the point? We got into a heated discussion. It's sort of like, we're here to preserve democracy, but just not practice it. The article went on to say Moretti also questioned the motive of the NSAC, assigning Bird to score the lomachenko walters fight two weeks after the Magdaleno-Donaire scorecard raised eyebrows. Quote, he knew on paper that we asked her to not have him on this fight. Moretti said... And then he goes ahead and puts her in the main event and only televised fight, fight televised fight on the card. The fact that she's doing one world title fight and the one televised fight on the card, what does that show you about the Nevada's commission's willingness to accept the respectful request of the top promoter in the world, not just Nevada, to not use her on our card? It isn't that they can't see the solution. It's that they can't see the problem. Actually, the problem is anybody expecting anything else out of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Like, they're a secretary on the way to the boss's office, you know? And the boss is Charisma Cash. And she's pretty bad. And there are some people that won't make it past the desk. Something comes up, something happens with the commission, eh, you're going to be sitting there. You're going to have to suffer more. You might get a longer suspension. This might happen, that might happen. But if you're like Mike Tyson or Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor, you don't need an appointment. They're just like kicking in the door. Suge Knight at Def Jam. we are a million and one ways this has happened in pro wrestling. Just, you know, boom, we're going right by. We're kicking in the door. What's the deal? And that's pretty much what happened here. And to expect anything otherwise from the Nevada State Athletic Commission turning the other way and letting this type of stuff continue, uh, then you'll just be making a mistake. If you got any opinions on it? Want to hear them? 1-800-878-PLAY, one 800 A lot of stuff coming up. UFC, New Japan, and CMLL's Anniversary Show.
5: My joints used to kill me. I'd wake up with stiff knees and a stiff back, and it wouldn't get much better throughout the day. I went to doctors and took almost every supplement you can think of, and nothing seemed to help. Then I found something called Oil Can Joint Lubricant.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. All right, Mike
2: Sempervivi back with you, Wrestling Observer Live. Brian Alvarez not here with you. He'll be back with me tomorrow. Hopefully it uh, won't take until tomorrow for this espresso I just got to kick in. Tongue twisted. Tired. So much stuff happened on Saturday. A ton of stuff happened on Saturday. Again, <laughs> one big exclamation point being the uh, the fight. Triple G and Canelo. I don't know if anybody saw Teddy Atlas on ESPN last night melting down. Teddy Atlas is starting to become, where well, it's not starting to become, he is like a full-scale cartoon character right now, isn't he? And I'm not saying Teddy's not, you know, a little crazy what you're seeing there. That's true. I met Teddy Atlas in Salisbury, Maryland. The very first ESPN broadcast of boxing in 3D. Came up to him, you know, hey, Teddy, you know, big fan. Nice to meet you. I'm a big fan of you. How have you been? Never met him before in my life, but that's okay. Like, at look at that, Teddy Atlas. They asked me how I'm doing. You know, then a kid came up to him, you know, hi, Mr. Atlas. How are you? Good to see you. I'm a big fan. He pretty much just said the same thing to everybody. Teddy will look at you. He's looking right at you, but he's not really looking at you. It's his far away look. But he's out there raging against like this decision. Like it's you know, and again, like I mentioned during the the first segment, what? How does anybody expect anything to change? What does anybody expect? Remember Anthony Marnell coming in there, he was new, and now he's the, the head of the commission, swaggering in there, he's going to change things, you know, going to be more forward-looking on certain things and, and hold the heat to people. and Let the Brock Lesnar's and John Jones of the world ruin everything for everybody. But this is still the Nevada State Athletic Commission. This is still the look the other way or make exceptions for Nate Diaz. Or Conor McGregor. Oh, you don't want to do all that community service that we have for you because you're whipping i you know ice cold bottles at people. Oh no, you can't do that. No, we'll we'll, we'll reduce it. Oh, you still need it reduced. Okay, well, we'll reduce it to here. Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson. Over the years, you know, Mike, should Mike Tyson have even been fighting at the times? Certainly, after he flipped out at the press conference with, with Evander Holyfield and bit his leg. Remember that? Anybody remember that? Anybody remembers the bite of that fight. But, like, that dude should have been on medication, not fighting, doing anything except for being on medication. But no, he had to come off the medication it, to fight. Just a mess. Bob Bennett, this is the same dude, you know, well, I think Adelaide Bird, you know, she she may have had a bad night, but she's a good judge. You know, she's got a history of good decisions. she got a history of bad decisions, too. she got a history of, of questionable, you know, tallies. And they don't have to all go the distance. You don't actually have to have a fight announced and screwed up to to see that things were, you know, head-scratching. And not to say that also, you know, sometimes you're going to have differences of opinion as you go along. But like, you know, she had Amir Khan defeating Canelo before Canelo knocked him out. She had Bernard Hopkins beating Joe Calzaghe. You know, the MMA side of things, you know, those guys have been far more vocal about I don't want to say far more vocal, but it's been such a shorter period of time. We've heard the names and we remember the decisions a lot more. Your Cecil Peoples and things like that. You know, she had one. She had Melvin Guillard defeat Jamie Varner, 30-27, at UFC 155. Varner took Giard down seven times. So it's either you scored the fight incorrectly and gave it to the other person, and I, you know what, just do a little Google search. Let me tell you, you'll be able to tell the difference between the two guys. So either she did that, or she just was that grossly incompetent and somehow figured that he won three rounds, where the other two judges had it 30-27 the other way. I'd say there's got to be a better way, but eh. How do we get to the rematch? We didn't need that for the rematch. There's not that many fights out there. There's not that many stars out there. You know, Deontay Wilder isn't fighting Anthony Joseph anytime soon. Because if I'm Anthony Joseph, I'm fighting in England, that's why. And I'm making a lot of money first, if I can, over there. Including trying to get Deontay Deontay Wilder over there. And he probably should go over there. They both have fights on their own. They'll probably get those out of the way, but they got to meet at some point. Boxing's going to need them to. Because you don't have a whole lot left after that. And at least you have some excitement in the heavyweight ranks. But according to Bob Barnett, the Conor Floyd fight was not about the money. He watched Conor train, and he knows he's hungry, and and that means something. And and he's young, and he really believes he, he can win. You know that 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 means something. Get out of here. If you got any thoughts on that, let me know one eight hundred eight seven eight play one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine on Twitter at Semper Take it to the phones now. Ryan in Cumberland, Maryland.
6: How you doing, Mike?
2: I'm not bad, Ryan. How are you?
6: Good. Uh, I got some questions on this fight. Do you think there's anyone like this? Uh... Sportscaster that you were talking about on ESPN that was going off pretty much saying how the Boxing Commission's fake or is he just sort of like a lone wolf on ESPN. And also, did you know, a piece of paper being passed around at the 10th round, supposedly to Judge Byrd that some people were questioning. On Is this like a common occurrence with the paper going around between the judges? I didn't know what, what the meaning was. I have that. not
2: it, seen that. This, was this a note? That, that, that was being passed. They didn't like open it up. It wasn't like one of those flip things. we in school where you like you pick a number and then you pick a letter and then you open it up and there's a note in it. it. It was an actual like what were they passing around there that you that you heard?
6: Uh I saw a piece of paper being passed around. I could actually see it because mm-hmm. someone pointed it out on YouTube and gave the time when it happens. If you look in the background, you can clearly see something being passed around. Simply, maybe Triple H was there. Maybe they'll uh, create, like, a Danny Davis character because I really (laughs) like that.
2: Ryan, well, thank you very much for the call. You know, I'd be fine with that. There was a Danny Davis type of referee uh, they could pop up. They're like the the evil, like Tarantes in 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 CMLL, the the evil heel ref. I I think what you probably saw with the the note being passed around is the fact that you actually, I believe, hand in your scores uh b- between the rounds. You actually write them down and then they give them to the commission which leads to numbers being screwed up when they've been counted up. This has happened multiple times by the way in boxing and it's not just been in Nevada but all over the place where simple addition cannot be done. And we've had the uh the fights announced incorrectly at the end which is is always a fun thing and never never ever looks, you know, completely ridiculous. And and, and like there the fix is into anybody who hears that, "Oh yeah, in the locker room we we had to to reverse the decision as if like Tommy Young was back there and J.J. Dillon was menacing him or something like that. But uh, nothing's going to change uh, when it comes to this stuff. You know, it's just not. And that's how it works with athletic commissions. It's bad judging. It's not always conspiracy. We laugh about the conspiracy and stuff like that. But it's like you just have to shake your head. You know, Teddy Atlas is out there going, you know, what am I going to do after 40 years? You know, what else can I do? It's like when I remember hearing Roddy Piper on, uh, on HBO. Like, man, they're all, God, what am I going to do? You know, like, you know, how miserable his life is. You know, I, you know, go work at Fresh Market. Uh, go take tickets at the movie theater like Mr. Fuji. Do you have a hobby? Go do that. There's lots of things you can do. You're not being held against your will to, to boxing. And frankly, you know, uh, with how much attention that that Teddy Atlas has got for that rant and and, and pairing him up with Stephen A. Smith, you know, it seems like they should actually be happy about this. Gives us some copy to work with. It's just from a sporting point of view, that fight didn't need any more copy. It's the first fight since 2008 that uh, Golovkin had not knocked somebody down or knocked him out. And Canelo, an amazing part about this is Canelo's only 27 years old, 50 fights, turned pro at 15. You know, in another era, he'd probably already have 100 fights because that's what Chavez did. Chavez was not big on training or anything like that. You know what training was? Was going down and and beating somebody up and getting paid for it. You know, the whole Greg Haugen thing about the Tijuana cab drivers, (laughs) you know uh julio cesar uh used that to stay pretty sharp speaking of sharp i remember he just completely sliced hog into pieces one of the, the more amazing fights of all time and unfortunately one of those fights the entire shows i have on a vcr tape that's probably being crushed by the elements right now but you want to see an amazing fight and an amazing build up and make you feel good about boxing. Uh, well, maybe not make you feel good as far as how nationalistic uh, it was and how controversial uh, Haugen was in the lead up to the fight, playing the the dirty American heel, playing Sam Adonis to the uh, to the hero that was J.C. Superstar. It was something else, man. That was incredible. A hundred four thousand people or whoever was at Estaca Stadium, just insane, an absolutely insane event. You want to get Dave Meltzer going one time? I think ask him about that. I think he's been—it's a certainly a fight he's familiar with too. Speaking of uh, Mexico, going to get into that here, uh, coming up in the next segment. And I know uh, John's on the line right now. I'll hold you over to the break if you want to join him on the phone lines. You're more than welcome to. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Get in to CMLL's anniversary show when we get back. I am Mike Sempervivi, Wrestling Observer Live.
3: That's 800-405-2561
7: Thank
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
8: Unbelievable.
0: All right, we are
2: back. Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi here with you. Going to put boxing to the side. I actually was not planning on going as long with it as I as I did there in that last segment, but I was trying to kind of poke around to find out information on something as Jim Ross on his Twitter and uh, has unfortunately reported that Bobby Heenan has passed away. The greatest manager in the history of professional wrestling, easily one of the Greatest personalities in the history of professional wrestling. As much or more crossover potential as anyone in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, The Rock had a chance to to go all the way with it. But I can only imagine if Bobby Heenan was Bobby Heenan and by today's standards where he could have gone. From Jim Ross's Twitter, quote, the news of Bobby the Brain Heenan's passing today gutted me. I loved our time together. So we'll have to find out. No one ever did it better than the weasel. Very, very sad. Stay tuned to WrestlingObserver.com for more details on this. I'm sure Dave and Brian are going to have a breaking news audio on it. And I'm sure Dave is going to be talking about it and writing about it extensively this week. Again, like I said, Bobby the Brain Heenan, the greatest manager in the history of professional wrestling. Birthday is in November, November 1st. He's 72 years old. Had a great book, Chair Shots and Other Obstacles. The second book, I, I, I don't recall reading. I believe I did, but the first one was fantastic. An absolute legend. Started off and you know, came from Indiana, Indianapolis. Started working for The Bruiser. Worked his way up. Pretty boy Bobby Heenan as a wrestler. Became better known as a manager. And as everybody always talks about with Bobby Heenan, he managed like a wrestler and he wrestled like a manager. He was a complete chicken ass when it came to getting in the ring and getting his uh, his just receipts, his just desserts. But outside, uh, you know, when it came to managing, he would bump, he would work, he would hustle. Be animated. Be into it. Never playing around with the crowd too much. where it distracted away with what was taking place in the ring. He and Nick Bockwinkle. He and Nick Bockwinkle and and Ray Stevens. Bockwinkle and Stevens, arguably the greatest working tag team of all time, with the greatest manager of all time outside the ring with them. There's going to be a lot of Bobby Heenan memories this week. 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Take it to the phones now. John in Arkansas. John, how are you?
6: Well,
9: other than hearing this news, I'm just fabulous. Oh, man. Talk about awful. You know, Bobby Heenan was the template for what a pro wrestling manager should be. And if you couldn't learn something from watching Bobby then you had no business even trying to get involved in wrestling as a in-ring talent or a manager. I mean, amazing. I still, some some of his things still connect with me. His infamous uh, little interjections here and there, my favorite has to be one where he was managing Steve Lombardi, the brawler, against Terry Taylor. And Taylor does something in gets his head stuck about halfway through the middle rope. Heenan looks close, eyeballing the referee, and as the referee's attention is diverted, walks past him and just slaps the taste clean out of his mouth. I have never laughed so hard in all my life. I loved it because it was just the most typical weasel slime ball thing to do to help aid your client. And it wasn't you know Physically going to get you an advantage, but if it's just one of those things to let you know, ha ha, I'm here, I'm smarter than you, and watch this, pow! Love. He was Bobby awesome. He was. I
2: remember that feud with with Brawler. That was one of those things that during uh, I think it was prime time. In fact, it was during prime time wrestling where you know he Bobby Heaton introduced his his new protege to, to go after Terry Taylor and it was like it's Steve Lombardi dressed up like all you know messed up as a Brooklyn baller he attacks Terry Taylor he knocks Gorilla Monsoon out of the way which you know that was not a regular occurrence on that show it's not like it is today where somebody or during the attitude era where somebody would come flying in on an interview at any time they don't really do that as much today you know they want to make it a little bit more special but I mean that really never happened then and to, to have all that happen it was you know while it was a a lower card feud it was still made to be very interesting because of the presence of bobby heenan around there so it exactly. just a it, there's tons of memories from him. but anything else on your mind i,
9: I also have to say, have to say that you know you just touched on it. his and monsoon's innate ability to just play off one another so well was always a highlight of prime time just you know the various things Heenan would say something completely outlandish. Monsoon would say, "Would you get out of here?" You know, things like that. It was, it was classic. Uh, hearing your rant on the boxing thing from earlier, though, I I can't say that I'm surprised by poor, poor decisions in judging of professional boxing, or that the Nevada Athletic State Commission uh, does what they do. Yeah. They're, they're
2: like that, aren't they, John? Well, thank you very much for the call. I mean, we've got to move it on right now. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. 7529 going to take it to Paul. Paul, how are you, buddy? Paul, you there? Yes. Hey, how are
10: you? Oh, all right. I was uh, going to talk a little bit about uh, Dave Meltzer making a guest appearance on uh, Being the Elite uh, today but I'm very sad to uh, hear of uh, Bobby Heenan's passing. I uh, got into the fandom a little later, so I missed some of his best stuff as a manager. But uh, he was always uh, just a delight to hear, even as a Mark child, as a color commentator. And he had just countless uh, hilarious moments, like uh, the Royal Rumble 1992, where he's practically uh, begging God to let Ric Flair win, uh, oh, yeah. saying that he would never do anything bad again. And I, I guess the uh, one moment that really sticks out to me, and I, I understood that he took heat for this, and a lot of people view this as a botch, but the one moment that sticks out to me uh, with Bobby Heenan is uh, that uh, moment at Bash at the Beach where Hulk Hogan came out and he would join with uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and just before uh, you would do that, Bobby would ask, but whose side is he on? And have you ever really thought about it, uh, the whole feud and all these years of uh, Bobby Heenan as a manager and a color commentator and being the guy that who would always say, you you know, Hulk Hogan's no good. You shouldn't cheer him. You should for Andre or uh, Don Morocco or whoever. He should have been the one guy to see this coming because yeah. this is his moment of vindication.
2: Yeah, Paul. Well, thank you very much for the call. That you're absolutely right about that. And man, the, the, he he did take heed for that one. But as you said, that that one with him could be explained away, uh, you know. And that that was to me, you know, and nobody cared anyway, you know, how it all ultimately ended up, you know. But but man, what a soundtrack Bobby Heenan was for for so many people, you know, who didn't have a chance to see him as a manager. And it, too bad if he didn't, but man, as, as, a, as an announcer, he was great when he was great. At the end with WCW, he was not. And when it came time for him to be replaced by Mark Madden, and I'm not saying it worked out great, but I'm saying I probably would have made that move too. Mark Madden had a huge ESPN radio show at the time. He didn't know how things were going to work out. He had a lot of friends. And Bobby Heenan wasn't great at the end, and it was probably time for him to go. And it was probably time for a lot of people to go, but unfortunately, you know, it was re- really time for WCW to go, and it went where it needed to go. But Bobby Heenan was still great, and and, and I want to and and. You know what? I'm actually gonna to to ask uh, John or Jim in Virginia. I know you're on the line right now, but we're not gonna be able to to get to to the anniversary of your show. So I want to have you wait until tomorrow. The Doctor of Lucha, Steve Sims, is going to be on Monday to talk in depth with Brian and I about the CMLL 84th anniversary show, uh, whose main event. Um, but believe me it actually over delivered the show to me over delivered from how we were kind of talking about it and lead into it and everything like that i mean it, it i thought it was a a pretty decent show and i know jim is is big on wanting to call in and talk about uh princessa uh suge and, and zeusis uh and that match but we're gonna go ahead and wait on this you know because of the the news that has taken place so jim I'll, I'll have you call back tomorrow um or if you have any memories of, of of Bobby Heenan you know those are the ones i really kind of want to hear now uh because i mean heenan was heenan was so influential for so many and you know what jim jim how are you and again i don't know if you heard oh he's gone never mind so yeah he you know again please jim call back tomorrow but you know with what's happened now with with bobby heenan um y- you know it's just I, man you know him <laughs> the islanders stealing matilda from the british bulldogs and bobby heenan and the islanders running out of the building and they go ahead and they film this thing and the islanders if i'm not mistaken i believe they busted their ass running around the corner with matilda as they taped this thing and it's like you know okay then they're gonna have then you know i'm sure they taped it afterwards but then they have they show the british bulldogs running around the corner and they their, they their feet go up and they go flying. But then again, that was just one of those little feuds, too, that was actually made great. A lot of people, you know, the, the Islanders with Bobby Heenan, it was actually a perfect combination. It really, really was. And later on, Haku as King Haku was something else. You know, Bobby Heenan reading his proclamations, for, for for the different kings, for King Haku, was, was certainly something else. Uh, the manager of the, the, the Brain Busters. I know we've talked about, you know, Ryan called in, talked about J.J. Dillon being the manager uh, for Tully and Arn and being on the Observer ballot. Well, Bobby Heenan obviously already in the Observer Hall of Fame. But, you know, him as the manager for those two made perfect sense when, when they went up there. And that was the thing, too, with Bobby Heenan in, in the WWF, you knew you were going to be somebody If you got paired up with Bobby Heenan, your shot of it was going to be really good. There weren't too many bums in the Heenan family. You know, Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy at the time when they were at their biggest. You know? uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, who didn't like having Heenan there. Thought he was stealing some of his heat. It was one of the more insane things you could ever hear. Rude would get fired up like that, though. You know, Bobby Heenan added that to that act so great. The Mr. Perfect act. Just when... Perfect would throw the towel, and Heenan would be walking away. He wouldn't even be looking, and the towel would go over. He'd just snatch it out of the air. Perfect. Literally perfect. There's going to be a lot of memories of Bobby Heenan this week, and I hope Jim Ross did not uh, mistweet. Actually, I hope in some ways that he did. But Bobby Heenan's been ravaged by cancer for a long time, so... Hopefully he's at peace now and get to hear your stories as the week goes on. I'm Mike Severvivi, Wrestling Observer
8: Live. The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable you can't use it.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: All right, we're back. Mike Sempervivi here with you. Tim in Miami, quickly, how are you, sir? Uh, oh, I was good before. I wasn't going to call in today because uh, I know very little about boxing other than the fact that it's rigged. But, oh, man, there's <laughs> Bobby Heenan, is like a punch in the stomach. Uh, you know, I, I think Bobby Heenan, if you understand comedy and comedic timing, He is one of the funniest people that's ever walked the planet. And I think he shows that a manager can be more than just a guy
9: to talk for guys that can't talk. They can get angles over. They can get heat on guys. They can
2: get guys over by being associated with them. And Bobby, over the past few years, hasn't really been able to be Bobby. So I hope he's up there, finally being Bobby again, like
6: ripping on St. Peter's outfit or whatever. Um, Very sad, but, you know, it is what it is.
2: Tim, I want to thank you very much for the call. Again, I know this week is going to be filled uh, with with memories about Bobby Heenan, Gene Okerlund, saddened by the news that has arrived this afternoon from Bobby Heenan's daughter, Jess, that he has passed. Bobby and his family have endured so much because of his health. Bobby Heenan was such a great friend. You don't replace people like that. Condolences to Cindy, Jessica, family, friends, and fans. R.I.P. Bobby the greatest manager of all time one of the greatest wrestling personalities of all time and if somebody wanted to argue that he was the best and the most well-rounded well you know what i'm not gonna fight you on it absolutely amazing had it got a show parlayed a show onto usa just from how good he how well he talked on prime time just absolutely an amazing guy an amazing guy Stay tuned to WrestlingObserver.com for a lot more details on this story as uh, we tend to know more. I'm sure Dave and Brian are going to have a breaking news on it, and we're definitely going to be back here with you tomorrow as we are seven days a week. I want to thank producer Scott. I want to thank all of you for calling in. I'm Mike Sempervivi. This was Wrestling Observer Live.